53. Here we go. Eric, this is going to be a fun-ass episode because we're not recording on our typical day. Right. For those of you at home, we usually record on a Wednesday. However, right. today we're recording on a Friday because of commitments this week. So warning for everybody, I've started drinking already. Maybe <laughs> maybe something else has been ingested. We'll, we'll see. But if I get kind of slurry in the second half of this, that's the reason why. Hi, Eric. Uh- I appreciate that intro, Tyler, and I'm I'm excited to see where this goes, honest to God, man, because things are going to go off script, I think, and uh, let's see how it goes. Yeah, we have a fun topic today, too. And, and, and it's actually very fitting to the topic. The topic today is it happened live. Um, mm-hmm. I was talking with Tyler. Are, are you hitting the sauce right now? Yeah. No. <laughs> All right, good. Yeah, anytime you hear that tap or a gulp or anything, yeah. <laughs> so I was talking to Tyler, and I'm saying, you know, we live in this digital age, and we send memes back and forth and, you know, Tyler will send me something funny. I'll send Tyler something funny. And, and oftentimes we say how lucky we are that, that these things are recorded. Yeah. We live in an era where everything is recorded now. Tyler, can you imagine how many people fell down the stairs of some castle in the middle ages and no one ever saw it in the armor? Yeah. <laughs> Even better. Right? <laughs> no, really, man. Like you think like William Shakespeare never fell down some stairs or like, you know, like like farted like in the middle of a play i i'm shocked how none of that has made any of his famous plays i i me too just imagine like the scene where romeo is standing and and yelling to to juliet in the in the balcony right yeah can you just oh, imagine, God, yeah. imagine him like juliet like you know like <laughs> hast but, thou queefed yeah right but no one will ever know no one will ever Never. know but we're no. blessed tyler we're blessed to be alive in the 20th century where you know, information age information age where where we get to see these things happen on tv and replay them forever and ever and ever that's right um yeah. your downfall is everybody's amusement <laughs> literally literally yeah. um one of my favorite things to see um sometimes when i'm having a bad day is obviously the fails if anyone looks up like failed videos and you know from the fail army things like that it's always hilarious yeah yeah uh, Tyler, I, I sent you, I think it was last week or the week before, the video where the, it was a reporter, it was a, a black guy, a reporter, and he's talking, and he's talking in his news voice, you know, he's very, very, you know, sophisticated and talking about Chris Williams' death, and mm-hmm. as he's talking, <laughs> a fly flies into his mouth, and he just chokes, man, like, he's like, <laughs> and like, the news reporter oh, yeah. voice goes away right away. Oh, yes. Like, the entire pitch of his voice changes. It goes high-pitched. Yeah, yeah. Like, he has a deep, deep, like, all-state insurance voice to, like, (laughs) flat-out, like, high-pitched, what the fuck kind of shit is this? Yeah, he just yells, he's like, the fuck was that shit? But They're out here, like, sending us to the middle of nowhere, fuck shit. Like, and you can hear the camera guy (laughs) laughing in the background. Because you know this has happened before. Yeah, th- those two have to be a team because I've yeah. seen I've seen other clips from that guy. So the way there's I found more? it, there's more. I mean, not that same thing, but there's videos of him um, because you look you look up the guy, and the easiest way to find him. I'm I apologize. <clears throat> this isn't a racial thing. This is just how I found it, and it's because of his behavior, not because of his skin color. Um, the fastest way to find it is you go to YouTube and you write "reporter gets ghetto." Mm. And again, it's not because of his skin color. It's because he totally becomes like, the fuck was that shit? 
It's, like, it's a total. It's an A and B switch. It's totally different mannerisms, personality, absolutely, everything. Absolutely, like, yeah. and and just seeing the reporter voice just go right out the window. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. When I first saw it, I thought it was a doctored video. I was like, "Wait, who is the other voice?" I right. Thought they, I thought they were like you know leading up to the story in the studio, and then went to the field, and they caught him right when you know a fly went into his mouth. But no, it's the same guy. Yeah, it's not like a like the cartoon of Juggernaut where they put in a different voice for what, what I'm the Juggernaut bitch. It's the guy's actual voice, <clears throat> full on offended that a fly went into his mouth. <laughs> Absolutely offended. So it's just so great that things like that happen yeah. live on TV. I mean, it's to the detriment of all the people that are being recorded because I, you know, can you imagine? Uh, it's the same like that that uh, that clip. It's one of the most famous clips. The Charlie bit me. Oh yeah. Yep. You know, Charlie bit my finger. Charlie bit my finger. These are things that happen when they're two and three years old. And because it's, again, the digital age, these are things that are going to live with you forever. Mm -hmm. Especially if it goes viral, you're fucked. I mean, you're always going to be the Charlie bit my finger kid. Always. Yeah. Is that, is that the same kid or family or whatever that just sold it as, um, NFT? NFT. Yeah. Yeah. It's the same one. And I think they were planning to get like millions of dollars and it, did make a substantial amount of money, but it wasn't, I think, the hundreds of thousands, and they're really upset about it. I'm shocked. I, I'm shocked that they even got hundreds of thousands. I still don't understand the whole NFT thing. So for, the, for that, the easiest way to understand it is basically if I own the NFT of Charlie Bit My Finger, right? Yeah. All of the rights to it and all of the, what's it called when you make money on it? royalties all of the royalties are mine forever i just i just bought every claim to to the right of it that you have i now own it okay so theoretically okay so say like it's all over youtube like a hundred independent channels have already posted this or put some kind of like like gregory brothers auto tune of it or whatever yeah so theoretically you could go to all of these channels say take it the fuck down and they have to absolutely it's yours outright the nft gives you the right to it it's as if you recorded it and it's your property i would love to see this family try that shit like i i i can't imagine i i mean that's like stopping the internet yeah you can't you can't pull something out of the internet once it's in i mean even like a lot of the things that we're going to talk about today it's things that were pulled but you can absolutely find it dark web or even youtube or google i mean you can find these things like theoretically, these things are not in the public domain, but they're so well known within the public that it's just—I don't know—it's public domain, but yet not public domain. It's weird. That's, that's the question of the internet in itself, though, Tyler. I mean, when you yeah. put something up online, do you really own it anymore? Because just like you said, if you recorded, if if there was a video of me falling down the stairs that you recorded on your phone, when you put it on the internet, it's yeah. going to end up in a compilation of people falling downstairs. It's going to end up. Absolutely. Oh, on TikTok, YouTube, uh, Anchor, and all of those things, right? Breaker and all of that. All of it. How, I mean, how do you hunt that down? I mean, it belongs to the internet now. It does belong to the internet. And if I had a video of you falling down the stairs, I would copyright it immediately and <laughs> set up my own website to have it exclusively there. So so this is, this is your insight from Mr. Media himself. Tyler's magic words. If... You have a video of yourself or a family or a friend falling downstairs, watermark it ASAP. Right? Exactly. <laughs> Not in the corner, a full-on center of the video watermark. Yeah, they can't undo that watermark. Just have it say Tyler, Mr. Media, the whole way across a thousand times. 
Yep. Haha, <laughs> Eric Incorporated. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh. So that's the takeaway. I don't think we're going to do better than that. This has been 8 Minutes with Team TNA. Thank you very yep. much. <laughs> I hope you got some good legal advice from us. Yeah. That's the look, folks. <laughs> let's, get, let's get into this episode, man. There's so many fun things here. I mean, there's funny things. There's serious things. It's crazy things. Um, and it all happened live. It all happened live on TV. Yep. <clears throat> so for the things that we were live in or during, I think it's interesting if we could see where we were when it happened. Um, so, so Eric, well, first of all, Eric and I have completely different things that we'll be talking about in terms of tone. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it, it is going to be a lot of up and down here, but let's yeah. let's let's just get right into it. Tyler, do you want to start or I'll start? I can start. Let, <laughs> let's get the depressing one out of the way first. All right. So my whole list is the depressing ones. Eric has the fun ones. Totally by chance. Totally yeah. by chance. Like, I, I, I'm shocked. Well, that goes by our personalities, I think. <laughs> that's, that's like what we what we find entertaining. Yeah, I want to see well, not, people fall. Not entertaining, in. but interesting and engaging. Exactly. Exactly. Okay, number 13 on this list. Um, I have on October 17, 1989. My list is from BuzzFeed, by the way. Uh, just before the start of Game 3 of the World Series between the Oakland Athletics and the San Francisco Giants, a 6.9 magnitude earthquake struck the Bay Area and was caught on live TV. Wow. Commotion at the camp. Yeah. Candlestick Park could just be heard right before the live feed was cut. I saw the video of this. Never heard of this until this, uh, looking this up. Um, about 2.15 into the 49-minute video, um, you can hear the announcer start to say, we hear an earthquake, and it literally, the signal cuts out. And it's a little unnerving and it cuts to just a slate that says world series. Oh my it's actually, God. It's, it's pretty unnerving, but didn't know that happened. How, how big was the earthquake? Does it say a uh, 6.9? Oh my God. That's so a, that's, that's a massive. big one. Yeah. That's a huge one. Thankfully. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't say it cuts to like some debris of like a bridge that fell like the, the, I think it was, it looked like the Bay bridge, like the, there's two tiers to, you know, that bridge. Yeah. It looked like the top tier in the middle fell onto the first tier. Oh my god! So yeah, a little—that's a little much. Wow, six point nine is massive for anyone um, listening that yeah. that doesn't know how earthquakes work. I mean, it's six point nine is is bigger than anything you want to be a part of. We, you know, uh, Tyler and I talk about uh, the Northridge earthquake, which you know we were I'm looking at that up right now. What the that magnitude was of that was six point three or six point four. Um. So we were we were six years old when that happened, and it sh- shocked us, traumatized us for life. I mean, six—it's massive. Six point six seven. Six seven. The Northridge earthquake. Yeah. So point two, little more. Point two more than uh, what we had. So that's, same thing. Yeah, same thing. But that's—I mean, yeah. You have to remember. Dude, ours we remember that at yeah. six years old, we firmly remember how that felt. And don't forget, ours was in like the dead of like what was it, three, four, five a.m. Right. Yeah, yeah, and we we were in the epicenter of that earthquake. Yeah, so we felt the uh, the brunt crazy. Of that. Yeah, yeah. What's the map um, you have? <laughs> yeah, uh, here. How about the balloon boy hoax, Tyler? Do you remember this one? October fifteenth, two thousand nine. Oh God, this kid. It was in October two thousand nine that reports started pouring into news stations that there was a runaway gas balloon floating around Colorado with a small child left alone inside of it. Reporters and cameras flocked to the scene in the and locked in on the balloon as the public watched what was thought to potentially be a tragedy due to unconfirmed reports that a boy had fallen from the balloon. 
Later into the day, though, the world breathed a sigh of relief when the child was found hiding in the attic of his home. Almost instantly, suspicious, uh, suspicious suspicions, it should have been. I don't know why they wrote it like that. Idiot. Yeah, right? Rose that the whole thing was a hoax orchestrated by his parents. And an apparent slip of the tongue by the boy in a Wolf Blitzer conducted follow-up interview confirmed those fears. <laughs> hoax aside, this was an engrossing piece of live television that captured our complete attention for an afternoon. Tyler, do you remember this? Yes, very, very, very well. It was a silver-looking balloon that was just yeah. floating aimlessly, and everyone was watching it on TV. I remember, I remember being at the bank when this happened, and you know they always have the TV going in the bank, and and I had a few friends that were bankers, and I I told them I'm like, listen, because the thing had just crashed down, and they were saying, yeah. oh my god, it's you know maybe a child is in there, and and the parents are freaking out, and and no one knows. I told the bankers, I'm like, listen, guys, let's make a quick pool. <laughs> if yeah. an alien comes out of this fucking thing, I want a hundred dollars each, and we shook yeah. hands the three of us. It looks like the weather balloon from yeah, the forties. It, it yeah. totally does, man. Like so, yeah. that that was just hilarious, man. What about you? I'm yeah, I, same thing. I remember we were all looking at the uh, the TV. I remember I, the child might be in there came late to me, but I was very confused why we were focused on this aluminum foil looking object <laughs> for a while. Yeah, um, they're like, oh well, a child might be in there. I'm like, oh well, this seems stupid. Let's just <laughs> drop everything and watch. And then when it turned out it to be the hoax, I just was like, good job, guys. You captivated the na- the nation. Now you're all going down for this. Yeah, idiots. The man. minute the hoax came out, I'm like, oh shit, here we go. Legal proceedings. Yeah, that unwrapped so 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 quick. Where's Gloria Allred? Yeah, like, right? that's the first person you think of. <laughs> or Larry H. Parker. Yeah, <laughs> we'll fight for you. <laughs> what do you have? Not a sponsor. Us? Yeah, right. No, absolutely not a sponsor. Um All right. Well, this one, I don't know if you remember this. I do not, but number 12 on April 30th, 1992, during the Los Angeles riots, the emergency broadcast system was activated on all major local TV stations within LA County. In the EBS message, the LA County Op- Emergency Operations Center announced the emergency curfew that would take place at 6:45. I remember my mother told me this many times when this happened, how terrified she was. Cause we were still in, uh, we weren't near the riots, but we were living in an area where it could spill through and right. it was not necessarily a good area to be in anyway. Um, yeah. but I remember her telling me many times, <laughs> about this you've said many times also that this you weren't in america all that long yet when this <laughs> yeah. happened that was our welcome yeah but yeah so. i remember yeah we 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 i don't know if it's because of just straight fear i don't know if it was because of the curfew but we didn't leave the house we didn't leave the house for a yeah. while man and i remember because we were in santa monica when it happened so we were in the thick of it yeah. um it i yeah i mean it was crazy i don't re- i was i was young when it happened but yeah i remember i remember you know not being able to go outside. I do. Right. I do remember that. Yeah, it was. And yeah, if any of you have seen video that start that kind of, I think the most famous video is that I don't remember what the intersections were, but when like the truck driver was pulled oh my out God. Yeah. and, and they beat horrifically the beaten. Yeah. That, uh, that was a lot. Yeah, there's a good documentary on Netflix about it. I think it's called like 91 or 2 or something. 1992, yeah. 1992. That's a really, yeah. really good documentary. It is. They use they utilize a lot of news footage, which is, I mean, 
on the ground, the best documentary footage you can get. Yeah. But it, uh, yeah, the city was just fucking nuts. Yeah. 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 Changed everything. Yeah. What do you got? Speaking of changing things. Uh, so how about Janet Jackson's Super Bowl <clears throat> nip slip during 2004? Uh, nip slip for uh, anyone doesn't much know. Much paused is... moment. <laughs> yeah, right? A very, yeah. a very T-vote event for everyone. That's right. Uh, February 4th, 2004, Janet Jackson's duet with Justin Timberlake during Super Bowl halftime show will be remembered for its musical excellence, but rather for the notorious nip slip that made networks re- everywhere rethink their live on-air events. <clears throat> Excuse me. During the performance, Timberlake inexplicably reached over to Jackson's outfit and ripped a portion of it, exposing her right breast to the world. Though it was only exposed for a second, there was more than enough for audience everywhere to pause their TiVos and put video footage online. The fallout led to stricter standards for the future Super Bowl and live TV events coverage everywhere. It also brought into question just how much sex networks should be allowed to sell to the public. Um, Tyler, you're, you're Mr. Media. Mm. Uh, how, how, when, you, when you're watching news, yeah. how, how far behind are we? Like in reality? Uh, I mean, like when something happens and then when it makes air. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like someone says this sentence, I just said this sentence, like it, it, it's not immediately broadcast. Right. I mean, how long is the delay? I mean, I mean, it, it depends what it is. I mean, you're, you're talking about a boob exposed versus like what, like a, a live, like, like an active shooter situation. No, I, I just thought there's always a delay on TV. I thought like anytime you're watching the news or seeing like an award show or something okay, like that, so, are we, we're not seeing it live, live, right? Well, an award show that is say live. Okay. So you have the, okay. So say it's the Oscars. Right. Now, now the Oscars is live coast to coast. Okay. So I, I believe, I, I honestly haven't, Mr. Media hasn't really watched the Oscars in a couple of years, but, um, with, with it, good, it purpose starts, too. right. Well, it starts like 5 PM on the West coast. Is that, that's right. Correct. And it's 8 right. PM yeah, on so the 8 PM East, East coast. coast. Okay. So typically with those, there should be about a 30 second delay because Jeez. you never really know what an actor is going to say. Like if their speech is going to go full on political, and if that includes some maybe bringing some slurs to light, you always want to have enough time to have the delay button. Case in point, we've brought up the Eminem on MTV performance, right? right. When his right. entire, basically his entire song <laughs> was silent. Yeah, they bleeped out it's his song. because they most likely had a 30 second delay for especially for performers that would be known for their explicit performances because they need to be ready for that. 30 seconds seems like a lot, man. That's a, that's a ton of time. I mean, 30 seconds, it's, it's the entirety of the, of the speech and 20 seconds. Sure. Oh, I'm sure so many award performances would love if speeches were at 30 seconds. (laughs) Just start playing the music. All right. Thank you guys. I want (laughs) to just bring out the giant hook and get them right off on the stage. (laughs) They need to bring the hook back, Tyler. They need to hook people up more often. I agree. Bring the hook. Hashtag bring the hook back. We should do that, man. Hashtag hook them up. Yeah, hook them up. (laughs) Team TNA, you heard it here first. Absolutely. (laughs) Where are we going now, man? 
Uh, number 11. Let's see if you if you know this one. On May 23rd, 1999 at the WWF live pay-per-view over the edge event and equipment yes. malfunction caused professional wrestler Owen Hart to fall yeah, rest 78 in peace. feet from the rafters of the Kemper Arena in Kansas City. He unfortunately died of his, a result of his injuries. So this guy <clears throat> had an alter ego. He was the blue... I don't remember what it was like. He had it was the blue something, hmm. and it was like his superhero alter ego. And he would repel from the rafters to the ring. It was wild. And this was a pay per view event, and he started to repel. And the nightmare scenario happened. This is a live. This is a live show, and and you know WWF WWE today bring in tens of thousands of people into the crowd, and it goes to to you know how Tyler was saying about the delay. His fucking the repel cord ripped. Is that and, is, and is that on his harness or? And and yeah, it's it's what he's attached to as he's repelling down. So repel is uh, when you have like a like a stick that you're holding onto and you're going from you've you've all seen Batman do it. He goes from one building to the next and he's repelling. Oh yeah, thank you for putting it in context. Of course. Now yeah, now you can animate Batman into it. So the repel the repel cord ripped. This guy free falls hits his head and neck on the stairs slash corner of the ring. Oh my God. In front of tens of thousands of people, they blacked out the, the arena. Um, there's footage of it from people and none of the fall because it happened so fast. There is after. So what they did is they panned to the audience and you see paramedics coming and the the announcers right away say this isn't part of the show. Uh, we apologize. We're gonna take a break. Uh, we're trying to see what happens. He was alive when he fell, but he oh, was man. he was rough. He was rough. Like he was you know just fell from like you said seventy plus feet and landed on his head and neck. Um, he was taken to the back. He was taken to the to the hospital and apparently he was dead when he was leaving the ring, but they continued to do CPR not to freak out a bunch of people. Yeah. But they, they did announce his death during the show. They said that he, he has passed. Um, oh, my God. The controversy. The kids in that audience. I mean. I mean, yeah, but they left him, they, you know, they, part you know, wheeled him out with, with the, hey, he's he's alive, you know, he's alive. But. Yeah. So, I you know, they didn't say, oh, they didn't pull a curtain over him or anything, you know, thank but God. But think of, like, the kids that are just, like, his biggest fans or whatever. Yeah, and, and, yeah. He was super, super big when that happened. Oh man! Um, and he he had a lot of people in his family too. Uh, Bret Hart uh, is is his brother, uh, Bret the Hitman Hart. Anyone that knows that name, um, he's his brother. Uh, I think he was a Blue Blazer was the name of of his character. But anyway, um, the the controversy here is Vince McMahon being Vince McMahon, the the showrunner, the CEO of of the WWE said, "Oh my God, this is terrible. Put on the next event. Put on the next match." And he continued the match. Uh, he he continued, you know, he continued the event. So that's that's yeah. the big big controversy about it. So people say how the show uh, must go on. The show must, yeah, absolutely. The show must go on mentality. But like, serious, that's a bit much. So so yeah. the the memes you'll see today is like, oh, the soccer game got rained out, so they had to stop it. And then you just see Vince McMahon in the background. I would have kept going. You know, oh, it just man. what's a little yeah. rain, you know. We had yeah. we had a guy pass, you know, during the show. So that's that's that. All right, all right. So uh, on on to miraculous things. Speaking mm. of uh, 
landing, um, JetBlue's emergency landing, September 21st, 2005. I remember seeing this. Um, the emergency landing of JetBlue Airways Flight 292 was a tense situation for the countless people watching the descent on live TV. The most amazing part is that the passengers themselves were actually watching the events unfold via their onboard televisions, <laughs> though the sets were turned off before the landing. Talk about surreal. It's mm. not often that live cameras catch something as dramatic as this. At any moment, people at home could have been witnessing the death of dozens of people without warning. Fortunately, the pilots landed the planes uh, seamlessly, jammed landing gear and all. Still, this one could have gone really bad really quickly. Do you remember this? No, not at all. The front landing gear was turned sideways and they couldn't unstick it. So the, you know, the very front has the two tiny wheels. Yeah. The whole thing was turned sideways. Oh my God. Like it was like, it was like they did a 90 degree turn to the right or left. So they had to now land like this. So what they did is they flew over the, the ocean or whatever it was. They dumped as much fuel as they can because they said, when we land, the wheels are probably going to kick out sparks are going to come up catch the engines and we're all going to blow so they dumped as much fuel as they could over the ocean and they came live uh and and did this landing JetBlue is famous for having live tv on their on their uh in-flight entertainment yeah so people were watching this happen while they were sitting in the airplane oh my god <clears throat> so the plane goes to land the pilot lands on the back wheels, slows down as much as he can. This was fucking textbook, man. The guy slows down, the guy, girl, woman, whoever it was, I, I'm, I'm not sure, uh, lands on the back too, leaves it with the, with the nose up for as long as he can, slows down as much as he can, very gradually starts touching, starts wow. touching the front. At first, there's a little bit of a bounce, and we're like all watching, we're saying, wow, dude, if this thing gives way, the front... The front is gonna hit, and it's gonna lose control, right? Well, spark action. So there was the there was definitely spark action. It uh. starts grinding down, grinding down, grinding down. I mean, it totally tore up the asphalt there. Um, but yeah, I mean, no damage, nothing. The you know wow. they were they were waiting at the end of the runway, you know, with all the fire teams, and and you know, they got to ride that that uh, slide down, which is everyone's dream. <laughs> yeah. But but yeah, nothing nothing really nothing substantial happened. I mean, they all lived. It was a happy ending. Holy shit! Yeah, so that that was cool. Uh, yeah, that's that's oh, that yeah, a cool outcome. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it oh, worked out well. People. There's more yeah. people watching themselves on I'm, TV. I'm, imagine seeing it, man. You know, that's that's the crazy thing. Uh, uh where's the beverage cart? Yeah. <laughs> Can I get a drink over here, please? Now, <laughs> now. <laughs> um. Okay. Number ten. On August 20th, 1987, Gary Stolman interrupted a live newscast at KNBC armed with a BB gun and demanded anchor David Horowitz read his written statement about the CIA and aliens. Uh, have you seen this video before? I've never even heard of this. Okay, so it's a basic newscast. Um, I, I think Horowitz is reading it. It's, it's the, you know, the close-up anchor with the little image over his shoulder or whatever. And then all of a sudden he he sees something and then it cuts to the wide and you see, uh, uh, what's his name? Gary Stolman with the gun in hand. And as far as I know, they didn't, I, of course they didn't know it was a BB gun because it, it's black. It looks like the, the real gun. And um, he's demanding it, but they do cut away before he starts reading. 
and there's I I it's been a while, but I believe the crew takes Gary Stolman down. Oh shit. But the the big thing was how the fuck did this guy get in here? Yeah. Like how did he get past security? How did he everything? But uh yeah, it's uh when you watch the video, it really doesn't seem real when you're watching it because you just you can't believe that that's happening. And for people that are watching it live in the eighties, I I don't know what they would think. You know, it's, it, it's just such a jarring moment. But. That, that's that's how it is with so many things that that you know. As I was doing research for this episode, so many things happen so quickly. You're like, this is part of the show. Yeah, you're just you're kind of just dumbstruck. You don't know what to do. And like people always say, like, oh, how come you never like kick into action like they do in all the movies? Well, it's yeah. like your brain is not really wired for that. You're in the zone wired for one thing and then something out of left field happens and your brain just doesn't know how to process it I, so everyone's just kind of like in not in shock but you just you you are frozen yeah i i yeah. hate to i hate to bring it up but do you remember like the the moron i don't even want to say the name but you remember it was uh when that batman movie came out and he went in and sh- you know did Hell an attack yeah. in the theater they didn't know. They didn't know. They all thought it was part of the of the show, which is weird. And you start saying, but when does that ever happen in a movie theater? Why would there be some guy? It was you're well, when you've been hearing shock. gunshots for two hours. Yeah. I mean, you're you're in that mindset, you know. Yeah. And unfortunately, unfortunately, you are in that mindset. So when something like that happens, you're not ready for it. Yeah. It's just you're yeah. That's it's, why it's, people when Joker came out, people were saying, you know, you know, there might be a shooting again. Yeah, I remember that was tense when that came out. And I remember he he also, and that's not on my list or yours, but but he was interviewed and he said, um, I don't remember which report it was, but they they asked uh, Joaquin Phoenix, they're like, you know, you're 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 how did they say it, Tyler? Do you remember that thing? It was like it was like you're you're kind of opening a door for the crazies and like being a hero yeah. for people who are who are anarchists. Platform and, or whatever. Yeah, yeah, platform. And he was stuck. He was like, Why would you say that to me? Yeah. You well, know, yeah, was, I mean, how can you put some, I mean, putting the performer on the spot. I understand as a journalist why you do that, but at the same time, why would you do that to the performer? Right. You know, it's just someone right. doing paid to do a job. He's just performing. But yeah, yeah. And That's the worst what, person to do that to is Joaquin Phoenix. Yeah, that guy's don't walk out on your ass. Yeah. yeah. You know what I was thinking? Also, like you remember um, Inglorious Bastards? You remember uh, Christoph Waltz? Well, yeah, of course. Yeah. He's he's phenomenal, and like, oh yeah, the way he played a Nazi, like you just fucking hate him, and you're like, and then you're like, this guy's such a good actor. Wow, man, you you love to hate that guy. Yeah, yeah. it's it's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah. Um, I have Dale Earnhardt's death in Daytona 500. Uh, it was February yeah. 18th, 2001. Oh, and by the way, apologies that I said you had the uplifting ones. <laughs> listen listen it's 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 up down and around i mean things that are caught yeah. on live tv it's it's wild i mean you have eh, there's the worst day. of the bunch yeah you have you have the heavy ones yeah um a fatal a fatal wreck is a fear that has to be in the back of all nascar drivers minds during every race in early 2001 one handy what happened on live tv in front of a packed audience and millions watching from home when the sport's biggest star dale earnhardt died in a crash Worst wrecks have happened in the in the sports history. Earnhardt even survived a few, but this one was different. When Earnhardt's number three slammed into a wall at Daytona at an estimated 161 miles per hour, he was killed instantly as an entire fan base watched in horror. 
it's something that the sport, its fans still haven't gotten over today. Yeah. Uh, this was crazy, man. This was crazy. And I think, I think his son was also in that race too. So it's like, imagine seeing that shit and it's your dad, you know? Was it? Was he? Oh I, I believe so. Yeah. Dale Earnhardt uh, Jr. I think was, was there. And I think he still races or maybe just recently retired, but they've, that, that name is synonymous with, with NASCAR, the Earnhardt family. I remember the media coverage about it, but yeah. not, you know, I, I don't think either one of us are NASCAR fans, but no, but yeah, there the was huge coverage of that. Yeah, it was it was yeah. a big, big, big deal. It was a big, yeah. big, big deal when that happened. I know him from basketball. <laughs> that, that's the only thing I know him from. When the uh, I, uh, the Baywatch chick and the kids get into a taxi, and it's Dale Earnhardt driving the taxi, and they have to get to the <laughs> arena really fast. That's and he's perfect. Like, it's like, can we go faster? And yet they cut to him like, you want to go faster? And he's you know locking up his helmet, and he just guns it. <laughs> Yeah, that that's that's in character. Yeah. <laughs> um, number nine here in uh, this is nuts. I'm not even going to watch this video. In 2011, two Dutch TV presenters literally ate each other. What they they each had pieces of their flesh surgically removed from their bodies. One from the butt, che- uh, one from the each butt cheek, uh, the other from the abdomen. Oh, one from the butt cheek, one from the abdomen. A TV chef cooked. The tiny pieces of flesh in sunflower oil, and pre- and the presenters ate them. Why? Uh, um, I agree. Uh, nothing to add to that. We'll never watch it. Don't care. What the fuck? What the fuck? Are they just out of ideas, man? Like, is that like Dutch Fear Factor? What the hell is that? I don't know. That's I don't know if that happened. That kind of shit happens regularly on Dutch TV. I don't <laughs> know. That would never fly here. Never fly here. Or I was about to say never fly here. today, but never would fly here. Yeah, I don't, that's okay. Well, moving right along. Yeah, uh, the Branch Davidian siege in Waco, Texas. There's also a really good documentary about this one. I can't remember the name of it, but it's it's yeah. really really good. Good miniseries too on <clears throat> uh, that was on Paramount about it. About this one? Yeah, it's, I, it's, it was scripted. It's yeah. so good though, man. I oh, mean, yeah. it's so April fifteenth, nineteen ninety three. The Bureau of Tobacco and Firearms entered Waco, Texas in April 1993 to execute a search warrant over some illegal weapons stashed inside a compound owned by Branch Davidian, a religious sect in Waco, Texas. Quickly, the scene turned into a deadly raid, which lasted for weeks. Things eventually turned into something out of a Michael Bay movie. Shots were fired, tanks were rolling, and the compound went up in flames as TV cameras rolled live. In all 76... Branch Davidian members were killed that day, and the horrifying events played out in real time to a nationally televised audience. These horrific Im- uh, live images most famously went on to partly fuel the 1995 Oklahoma City bombings by Timothy McVeigh. Um, this this is this was a crazy thing. Oh yeah, this was a crazy thing to 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 see happen, and they were barricaded. They barricaded themselves in the compound for for like it says for weeks. It was just insane. Mm-hmm. This was the same thing, I think, where they were blasting music, heavy metal, yeah. I think, at them, and yeah, strobe lights. They were trying everything to get them out, and eventually, they there was a threat inside about children being killed because there was, you know, yeah. men, women, and children in there, and they said they were going to start, you know, offing the 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 children, the kids. So they said, okay, well, we need to move. And yeah. eventually, um, they they did storm it. They a tank hit it from the side. It was it's 
insane. If you ever want to see footage of that, it's crazy. It's very controversial how this was handled. Yes. Yeah. 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 Very, very controversial the way it was handled. And, and it's, it, it's it's one of the craziest things I've ever seen. Honestly, the the Do you remember watching coverage of this? I remember that it it was on a lot and I remember it didn't end. It was day 1, day 50. Oh wow. Not 50, but it was like day, you know, 25. It was it for weeks, oh, man. I'm not surprised. I mean, you were the the one that watched Apocalypse Now when he was like 2 or 3. Or yeah. <laughs> so I'm not yeah. surprised. I don't remember Sorry, any of this happening. <laughs> I remember just learning about it. I don't remember this actually happening. Yeah. It was it was crazy, man. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, here we go. Another downer <laughs> here. Number eight. On December 1st, 1969, CBS aired the draft lottery where birthdays were drawn at random for the Vietnam War draft. Live from the Ouch. Selective Service Headquarters in Washington, D.C., the first birthday picked was September 14th. Jeez. Talk about That's a lotto it. you don't want to win. It was the first time a lottery draft had taken place in the United States since 1942. Wow. Yeah. Thank you for your service, boys. <laughs> That's crazy, man. Um, I have the fall of the Berlin Wall, November in 1989. Mm-hmm. It's a site countless people around the globe never thought they would see it. The demolition of the Berlin Wall and the unification of Germany. But in November 1989, it happened and live TV feeds from around the world were there to capture it. NBC's Tom Brokaw famously narrated most of the monumentous occasion as live images of the fall of communism were being fed right into American living rooms. German citizens were joined by countless international participants to hammer and chisel their way to freedom as the ominous physical uh, symbol of communism came down. For nearly three decades, the world only knew a divided Europe. So it's only natural that these images stunned the world. Unlike many of the entries on this list, the fall of the Berlin Wall was a positive example of live television craziness. Um, when that happened, didn't David Hasselhoff go and fucking sing? Perform. Yeah, perform. Night Rider. <laughs> Night Rider. Whatever his songs are. <laughs> I, I don't know him as a musician at all, man. No, in America, he's known for Baywatch and Knight Rider. That's all. We do not know his music. We do not know one song he's done. The the musical thing is purely a European emphasis on Germany thing. Wait, does he sing in German? I don't know. I don't know. We know him from Baywatch and Knight yeah. Rider. <laughs> I have no idea. Uh, was was Knight Rider any good? I love Knight Rider. Knight, well, Knight Rider is a childhood favorite. Okay, so I have a a very I have a big soft spot for Knight Rider, and I'm have waiting you... for the real like movie to come out. They brought it back in 2008 as a show, and it was terrible. It was Michael Knight's son. Um, Hasselhoff shows up as Michael Knight in the pilot to sort of as a passing the torch. But it's horribly done. <laughs> All right, and the and the car is different, and I, it's whatever. The original show is phenomenal. Mister Feeney is the voice of the car. That's true. It's, it's great. All right. Yeah. Um, All right. You want another downer? Yeah, please. Number seven, and I'm going to butcher this name. Romanian dictator Nicolae Ceausescu. Nicolae. Was it Ceausescu? 
All right. Along with his wife, Elena, were executed by a firing squad. Christmas. The TV crew was uh, present to record the execution and aired the footage on Romanian television on Christmas Day, 1989. Yep. Um, have you seen it? Yeah. Oh, okay. And yeah. how graphic is it? It's a firing squad. They they walk up and, and they shoot them and then they walk up and shoot them both again in the head and then the thing fades out to Merry Christmas and that's the end of it. Is it just like a big wide shot and... It's That's it's it? it's pretty zoomed in. It's it's like it's as really? as, yeah. It's these people wronged the country in in a massive way. Um, after the fact, a lot of people blame his wife. They say that the wife was the worst of the two, but either way, they both you know led Romania to to, to the garbage can, and uh, they they wow. were killed on air uh, and in public. Uh, my dad saw it in Israel, man. Like you know, they aired it. It was it was wild. It said they were tried and convicted of economic sabotage and genocide. Yeah, like people had nothing. There were like lines to like get like fucking matchbooks. Like there was, yeah, there was nothing, nothing. But wow. they had like solid gold toilets, man. That's not wow. a, that's not an exaggeration. Like they like the woman was like chubby, you know, like people were dying in the fucking streets. How what how do you say the last name? Ceausescu. Ceausescu. Okay. Ceausescu. Yeah, it's spelled funny in uh, that Romanian way. Yeah. Well, um, we, well, in America, we don't know how to pronounce anything other than our own language. So that's true. That's yeah. true. Uh, this one I remember seeing. This one was crazy. Uh, the Japanese tsunami hit. It was March 11, 2000. It was March 11, 2011. Um, it's never easy to get to see live shots of a storm as it happens. But CNN did a masterful job of, un of wrangling up some live footage of the tragic tsunami that hit Japan. The world watched in horror as waters ripped through towns and cities like something out of a Hollywood disaster movie. Unlike Katrina or Sandy, a lot of the destruction was caught live by news crews as opposed to surveying the destruction the next day. Even CNN's own broadcasters couldn't hide their shock from the footage of boats, cars, and highways being tossed around. As tragic as the event was, it just shows how useful live feed could be to get the scope of a story and share it to people around the world. I remember I was at my mom's house, and it's when we all lived in the same building over there. And I walked to my house a few hundred feet away, two second walk. And I got to my house, I turned on the TV and I just saw the wave coming. So I called mm. my mom and I said, you need to put it on CNN right now. And she's like, why? And I'm like, put it on CNN right now. She put it on and she's like, oh my God. And I heard her start crying. Oh, wow. It was, it was insane. Did you see it? I, I saw the footage after the fact. Yeah, it was it was just seeing the water just engulf like it looked like the country the entire of the country was going to go underwater. It was it was crazy and nothing can stop it. You don't Oh no. Oh, God, you, don't, no. you don't appreciate how strong it is and you don't even it's one of those things like you were saying about the shock and horror of seeing it happen in front of you. Just seeing a car just tossed into the side of a building or a boat in the middle of like, you know, a city that that has no water around it. You don't realize how how massive it needs to be of a force to do something like that. Oh yeah. It was, it was, it was insane to see that. And you can still see a lot of the footage from it and, and you'll see exactly what I'm talking about. That was the Japanese tsunami in March 11, 2011. And, and you remember the hits just kept coming. Oh God. Yeah. Because yeah, after you, you remember the nuclear reactor almost gave out and oh, yeah. th there was a meltdown and it was just, just one thing after another. The, the, the image I remember explicitly <clears throat> is that little, I don't know if it was a van, but it was one of those small like cargo cars yeah. driving towards the camera. 
Yeah. And then pulling a three point turn and going the yeah. other way and just speeding away from the torrent of water coming mm-hmm. after it. That's mm-hmm. the image I remember. Yep. Yeah. It's it's crazy, man. Terrifying. <laughs> All right, well, get ready for this. Um, on no- number six, on February 8th, 1956, the TV game show I Have a Secret featured Samuel J. Seymour, the last living person to witness the assassination of Abraham Lincoln. Seymour was five when he was taken to the theater the night Lincoln was shot and saw John Wilkes Booth jump off the balcony and break his ankle. That's insane. Yeah, I've seen this. Um the guy was a the guy was alive then and alive when TV existed. Yeah, I they I've seen this guy. This guy like 1956. People didn't people didn't age as well they as they do now. Like I don't know what it is now, and and I'm not talking about plastic surgery, but I think people look better now as they age. Like 50 really is like the new 30. Yeah, like in our day and age, like people just look way better. This guy looked at least 235 when he was on this game show. But that's, uh, yeah, that's if, incredible. If, to hear him recount this is great. I mean, it's what a what a piece of history this guy was, and I'm so happy it was recorded. But that's that's, that's really insane. crazy. It is. It's absolutely insane, and it's it's like it really ties it into like almost our time, and it seems like it was yeah. so long ago, you know. Yeah, he. I mean, he was. He's a. I mean, fifty six. Like, I think our parents, at least two of our parents, were born. What two years after that? After he was on television, which is crazy, man. My parents were born in sixty four. Yeah, it's oh sixty four. Yeah, okay. Um, I mean, I mean, but even then, you know, eight years later. Yeah, yeah. To, I to, mean, that's to, nothing. To have an attachment to someone that was there when he got killed, Abraham Lincoln. It's crazy, man. Yeah, it's nuts but yeah it's uh, highly recommended to watch him on it anyway it says well you know to put a real downer on it it says um he died two months after the episode aired so i'm 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 glad they got him and i'm glad they had it in time to do that yeah absolutely and and you know and that was in an era where tv wasn't really saved so but the the kinescope saved they they saved the kinescope of it so thank god thank god yeah um i have man walking on the moon July 20th, 1969. Mm, I remember that. (laughs) It was a good day. Uh, It seemed like an impossibility for centuries. Then July 20, 1969 happened. On that day, the world witnessed live footage of man walking on the moon. Astronaut Neil Armstrong forever etched his name in history when he uttered the famous phrase, that's one small step for man, one giant leap for mankind. For millions of people watching at home to hear. The live feed was watched by an estimated 600 million people worldwide. And mm. they wrote this. I'm not saying it. Suck on that American Idol. Um, <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> take that American Idol. Uh, the footage's impact is heightened when put in the context of its time frame. Here, our nation was less than 100 years since the invention of the automobile and the airplane. We managed to send a crew up to the moon solely to dick around. It's, well, I don't know why they put all this color commentary in here. Yeah, that's, that's not cool. Yeah, it's a it's a feat of pure awe that has yet to be matched on live TV. So, mm-hmm. Tyler, earlier I asked you about delays, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, one of them flipped the camera off. <laughs> so, so when they were when they were broadcasting from the moon, supposedly, uh, allegedly, um, yeah, I mean, was that direct? Well, I mean, like you were saying, like okay, one of them 
I was going to say one of them dropped a tool on their foot, but it would just float upwards. <laughs> but like, like if one of them flipped a switch and go, oh, fuck, like something like that. Yeah. I um, would think, well, I would think for the moon, regardless of any explicit language, I think that would be taken. I would want to think that would be taken live. You're talking about something from 69. I don't know if there was even a delay yet. Because remember, um, uh, what, what was his name? Lee Harvey Oswald was shot on live television. Everybody saw that. Right. And that was 63. So yeah. I, I don't even know if delays were around yet. So that's interesting. I don't have an answer for that. Yeah. All right. I, I accept that. All right. <laughs> yeah. What else you got for us? Um, here's a real downer. Number five. On July 15th, 1974, Christine Chabuk, a TV news reporter for WXLT in Sarasota, Florida, shot herself while reading the news on air. Before killing herself, she read the following statement. In keeping with Channel 40's policy of bringing you the latest in blood and guts and in living color, you are going to see another first, an attempted suicide. Um, this video uh, was seen by the public once as it aired live. It has never been broadcast since. And from what I know is uh, WXLT has kept the only surviving tape of this in their vault and do not ever plan to release it. I don't think they ever should. Um, there is a movie about this. I've seen it. It's heartbreaking. It's a woman that has, or a person, that is just seeing countless bloodshed, whether it was from the Vietnam War to violence at home, and it just caught up to her so much that it, it just messed with her entire mental stability. And she killed herself on the air. It's a very unfortunate incident. So, so I I, ju I just had something you know interesting to add to that. Uh, the station quickly went to a public service announcement as as Chubbuck died yeah. of a self inflicted gunshot wound on the floor. Oddly enough, when her notes were examined, uh, she had written the whole event out, even writing things such as which hospital she would be taken and which reporter would replace her after her suicide. As yeah. far as we know, all the tapes of the events have been blah, blah, blah. blah, blah. Um, the reason why I continued that is uh, they said it was interesting that, that I guess, do the news anchors write, you know, their entire script or is it written for them? In general? Yeah. So the um, anchors do have a say. They will, uh, it is... It is outlined first and then, you know, of course, fleshed out so it can be read. But usually the anchors will have a say in how it is written and what elements to put in it. The, the reason so why I think there's always a say. OK, the reason why I think that yeah. that's important to, to ask is because they said that her, her report was written complete as if the mm -hmm. day was going to go on as normal. Yeah. So I, I just thought that was interesting that, you know, did she plan it? Did she not? That makes it even more moment? disturbing. You know what I mean? Like yeah, it that, was Because it was so detailed. Yeah, it, it is like a very odd. It's like a weird professional suicide note in a sense, you know? Yeah. It's, it's yeah. very, it's very creepy and, and very, it make, just makes it all the more sad. The good news is, from from here on out, the last five I have are very, very happy and funny. Oh, thank God! <laughs> we need a we need an upper here. Starting with Kanye West versus George Bush, uh, Tyler oh, brings God. this up a lot. Uh, 
Oh, well, this, uh, I mean, this is sad, <laughs> but not as, no one died. The context was sad. The, the thing itself yeah. was just madness. Ridiculous, so, yeah. Well, it may come as little surprise to his current fans that Kanye West isn't afraid of speaking his mind. More than a decade ago, the rapper's penchant for telling it like it is still made headlines. <clears throat> During a 2005 telethon to benefit the victims of Hurricane Katrina, Kanye West made Jaws drop in the middle of an ostensibly scripted segment alongside comedian Mike Myers. West, while staring straight into the camera, said of then U.S. President George W. Bush that he doesn't care about black people. Moments later, the cu- <laughs> yeah. Moments later, the camera cuts an unfazed Chris Tucker, <laughs> but, but, but not, but not before Myers exhaled in an audible gasp. Eventually, uh, evidently, just taken aback by the moment as the program's unsuspecting viewers were. I just, I just thought it was so funny that they probably Chris Tucker didn't know that he was going to have the camera on him, so he just happened to be standing there, you know. Mm-hmm. And they just like they just turned it, and you just see him standing there, like just like staring, you know. <laughs> that that just I, made me laugh. When this happened, my stepbrother was watching TV, and I was in the kitchen, and I just <laughs> hear him go, "What the fuck!" And I, and he was like, "You guys, you have to come in here now." Usually, he never wants everybody in the room together, but we, <laughs> I'm the only one that ran to the television. And I, and I was like, what, what happened? And he's like, and he related it to me in like a very quick sentence. And I remember seeing Mike Myers's face. That's the <laughs> only moment of live TV from that incident that I remember was just this dumbstruck face. Poor guy. And, That's the yeah. most awkward moment I've ever seen on live TV. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's so, it's cringe to put, to use the young people's it, slang. It, absolutely. It absolutely yeah. is. Uh, what is this? I don't remember, I, I don't even know what this is. In India on March 3rd, 2008, Sanal Adamaruku uh, challenged Surrender Sharma, a tantric, to kill him on live television using only his tantra powers. The hell? After hours of trying, Sharma claimed that he could not kill Ida Maruku because the god he prayed to was protecting him. Ida Moroku replied that he was an atheist. Uh-huh. All, All right. right, what do you got? Uh, how, how about the time that Steve Harvey announced the wrong Miss Universe? Uh, before the Oscars had crowned the wrong winner, <laughs> Steve Harvey did it first. Hosting the 2015 Miss Universe pageant, Harvey pronounced Miss Columbia the winner to a racious... Rokus? Rockus? Rockus, yeah. R A U C O U S? Yeah. Rockus. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't know why I read it like that. I'm an idiot. Uh, cheers from the audience. It was it was only after Miss Columbia, Adriana Gutierrez, had the crown placed on top of her head that the family <laughs> that the family feud host retook the stage, sheepishly announcing that he had to apologize. Miss Columbia, it seems. <laughs> had been the first runner-up, a position Harvey misread as first overall. The real winner, Miss Philippines, Pia Wurzbach. Unfortunately uh, for Harvey, the situation provided excellent content for an episode of his daytime show, when a year later, he invited uh, Miss Columbia herself to receive a formal apology. That was almost <laughs> as awkward as, as Mike Myers standing there when he, uh, Kanye West and George Bush doesn't care about black people. Look, 
I I don't like the Miss America pageant. I'm of the bunch that thinks it is kind of degrading. It is. So when yeah. something like this fucking happens, I love <laughs> it. I love this kind of shit. Good. Yeah. Good. What else, man? Go women. Um, you know what? I I have to apologize to you. I think this is on your list. Um, was it Tommy Cooper? That's the last one I have. Yeah. I'll take you it. Want take that it, one? man. Take sure? it. Take it. Yeah, take it. I I think it's really interesting. I don't know why this didn't come up, but okay. On a, April fifteenth, nineteen eighty four, while performing on live national television, comedian Tommy Cooper collapsed from a heart attack halfway through his act. Since Cooper's acts consisted of failed magic tricks, the audience didn't notice anything unusual and continued to laugh. He died shortly after. I teased Tyler about this uh, yeah. right before we did the episode. We compared to make sure we weren't, you know, uh, uh, taking from from one another on this. And I teased him about it, and I told him I was like, I have an interesting one for you, and it was this Tommy Cooper thing. Um, you 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 all know me, so I had to look this up right away. There's a video of it. It's like a minute and fifteen seconds, and yeah. There's a longer one that's four minutes long, which is the one I saw. And it's true. He does like a bunch of like weird magic and like things don't work out for him. He's almost like Mr. Bean, but he talks. Yeah. Um, so this final act that he does is he stands there and uh, his assistant comes out. It's, it's, you know, a beautiful woman comes out and, and he stands there and she puts a robe on him. And the gag is that this robot, this robot's like super heavy. She came out and she puts it on him. You know, he has his arms stretched out like Jesus and she's like buttoning it up. And as soon as she does it, he just falls back. And everyone's like laughing because, oh my God, the robe is so heavy that, you know, it it just, the guy took him foot, down. Yeah. It took him down. The guy's six foot three. Like he's standing there, like he looks like a refrigerator, you know? Yeah. So he falls back and he kind of falls to his knees and then onto his back. And everyone starts laughing. And then he like goes to get up a few times and people are dying laughing and he's dying in actuality. Yeah. And all of a sudden, like, you know, they start all clapping and the fucking curtain closes and they push it. So the curtain goes around him as well. Cause he's half in half out. So I just had to see that. And, and it was, it was crazy. It was, it's, it was really crazy. Yeah. It's pretty sad. There's, I think on YouTube, there's, um, I think somebody uploaded, I think a BBC like short documentary special about this. And, um, he, he's been, he was performed for so long and had, I think, I think this is correct. He had a very tough time getting any sort of success. So that kind of makes it even more tragic that he kind of went out this way, Yeah, you know, kind of being somewhat of a hit and then unfortunately dying while being a hit, like people are enjoying his performance when he's actually dying. Like it just yeah. makes it so <clears throat> tragic. Like it's, it's like, it's not I, what it's not, it, I, it's not what I'm thinking of, but the first thing that came to mind is poetic justice, but it's like a, like a tragic, a tragic, like art or something. It's, it's almost irony because anytime it's you, irony, look guy, yeah. Yeah, you look up the guy's name and synonymous with the guy's name is dead on stage. Yeah. So it sucks that this guy builds a career and then you're you're remembered for dying, you know, on stage. But, you know, it's it's crazy. I mean, if anyone wants to see it, the guy looks like he would put on an awesome show. Like people were really loving it. I saw the four minute one and it was really funny. Like he takes a he takes a, a dove and he puts it in a box and it's supposed to like it's supposed to make a, a ball of light and disappear. 
So he does it and nothing happens. He's like, oh, okay. Um, all right. And then he takes like those three rings that are intertwined and he's like, okay, so check this out. So if I slide these around a little bit, the one ring goes out and then the other ring goes out and they all disconnect. So he starts doing it. And then like the, the box where he had the dove just fucking blows up and feathers come from everywhere. And he's like, <laughs> yeah. all right, which one of you just did that? <laughs> you know, to the audience. like, it's really funny. And it's from, you know, it's, it's from the eighties. It's just, it was really funny. Yeah. He was a, he was a good performer. He wasn't. He was a really good performer. I, I hope you know. I hope you all check it out and, and give his estate some love. Yeah. Yes. Um, his actual. Yeah. Just before he dies, please. <laughs> uh, so this one is one of Tyler's favorite things ever. Uh, he saw it live on TV, and that is Ashley Simpson lip syncing "Fail." Standing ovation, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. Standing ovation, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, in 2004, Ashley Simpson was a rising pop star known for, known for songs like Pieces of Me and Boyfriend. Her fame earning her a spot in the musical guest episode of Saturday Night Live hosted by Jude Law. What caught audiences off guard, however, was when her song began, rather than singing, the 20-year-old began doing... <laughs> <laughs> Go on. <laughs> rather than singing, the 20-year-old began doing a dance that can, that can only be... <laughs> described as a jig while her vocals were playing in the background it appeared the artist had been caught (laughs) lip-syncing after a few moments of awkwardness simpson ran off stage with her band continuing to play out the rest of the song though she appeared at the end of the show to apologize blaming the incident on her bandmates fucking the the one people that the people that were actually playing their instruments yeah uh blaming the incident on her bandmates the event crystallized in public memory largely signaled the end of her music career never um, came back never tyler how do we how do we how do we describe this thing because i want i don't right. think that still knows what it is so seal okay she did this dance cringe. more where cringe. she she pretended she was like using a washboard and she was kicking <laughs> <laughs> she was kicking her feet like one to the left one to the right one to the left one to the right and like lifting her arms up and down she like did she like, was, a, like a hillbilly jig. Yeah, she did a hillbilly jig. Like, you really have to see it. Look up Ashley Simpson lip syncing fail. I hope and, you can all find it. I remember when it, st- when it first happened, um, and this was pre-YouTube, but it was every, I think it was, it was like on E-Bombs World. It was on, what was the, Newgrounds? Remember Newgrounds? Rest in peace. Yeah. yeah. But it was like all over those sites and it was all taken down. And I remember for a while it was hard to find, but I'm sure it's up now. But I remember seeing this live and loving it. I've never seen a fail this hard on TV before. I remember, <laughs> was this, what What year was it? 04? Uh, 2004. So what, what did the Bush, Kanye Bush thing happen before this or was this after? The, uh, Kanye was, uh, that was what? during 2005. This is still when weird shit happened on TV. I don't think shit like this happens anymore, but it was like, oh, it was like, I'm not an Ashley Simpson fan. I'm, I mean, of the two, I'm more of a Jessica fan. Me too. But yeah. So when this happened, I was like, I cannot believe this is happening. This might be one of the greatest <laughs> things I've ever seen on television. Right. I, ho- I, I hope this becomes a television staple, but uh, yeah, it was, it was so shockingly amazing. And the but fucking like dance she does, man. The fucking dance is like, that's just the cherry on top, man. But like, it's like, yeah, that dance was basically a sign of defeat. Like you couldn't even, it's Saturday Night Live. Like you couldn't even try to play it off as comedy. You know, like even just try to maybe have it 
as a joke, possibly try to save it. Yeah, that was a skit, ladies and gentlemen. That was a skit. Yeah, like you flat out with that dance said that like, okay, this is just a dog and pony show, whatever. And then you just walk off. I I like that her band was actually playing their instruments and she came out and blamed the band. Fighting for dear life, those band members. Poor people, man. But, you know, I'm sure they, they, they continued on. But, yeah, I no one has ever heard from her since. What was the one song she had that was, like, a big, big hit? The two that, the two that she had that are famous are Pieces of Me and Boyfriend. Yeah, I'm sure one of those is that is the, is the song. But, yeah. That's, that's just perfect that that happened. Oh, good times. <laughs> oh, 2004 was a hell of a year, wasn't it? It was. Um, all right, so last two, number two. I don't know if I don't know if you know this one. Richard Belzer was choked out by Hulk Hogan on his own talk show in 1985. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Hogan and Mr. T were on the show promoting the first WrestleMania. Belzer asked Hogan to perform some wrestling moves on him, so Hogan put Belzer in a front headlock and put him to sleep. Belzer dropped to the floor and smashed his head open before yeah. he regained consciousness. And the program cut to commercial. Belzer sued Hogan <laughs> for five million and received four hundred thousand in an out-of-court settlement. Hot damn! How do you ask someone to do something to you? They do it, and you sue them. I mean, I would think because it's television, you know, you would think, "Hey, don't actually choke my ass out, but let's kind of go through the motions, or you go through the motions." It- I don't know. It happened so quick, Tyler. Like, he choked him, and it happened so quick. When they do that that type of a choke, what they do is they... they um, Is it the... I'm, think, I'm trying to remember the name of the, the two tubes that you have on, on either side of the throat. But basically... Your larynx? No? Is I don't know if it's... No? I think it's bronch, bronchial tubes, or I don't remember what it is. If anybody knows, please write to um, uh, Bot Sauce at Breaker... <laughs> care of a team tna <laughs> yeah a, a, a tyler pro- production yeah um but anyway when you're when you're getting those two pushed you you pass out immediately mm. you pass out immediately and if you see that video it's in real time the guy just like he has him in the headlock he's just out right away and and hulk hogan being a professional he's like oh this guy's out let him go the fucking guy fell flat on his face dude yeah wild man yeah, if you don't know Richard Belzer, he plays, um, he's on Law & Order SVU. I think he's Finch, I think. Is that it? I, I think that's his name on that show. Um, anyway, Richard Belzer is a very thin man. He's a comedian also. He's a very thin individual, and Hulk Hogan is a, built like a brick shit house. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's huge. Six seven. He's just, ma- he has, what, 30-inch pythons? You know, his, very his out, arms man. are massive. Yeah. Yeah. Um, do you, uh, so I'm not surprised. Is is your final one a sad one? Uh, it is a sad one. You want to do that one for because I I was supposed to have uh, the last one, so it would be funny. So absolutely, you wanna, yeah. If you don't mind doing the second one, that way I can just finish it off strong. Never heard of this one on October 12th, 1960, during a televised political debate. Japanese political politician, excuse me, Japanese politician in in a hero Asanuma was assassinated with a samurai sword oh my by, 17, God. by a 17-year-old Otoya Yamaguchi. The young militant nationalist rushed the stage, stabbed Asanuma between the ribs on his left side, killing him. With a fucking samurai sword? 
with a samurai sword. That's insane. 1960. I now the the screen grab they have of this is from YouTube, so I'm assuming it's on there. I am not watching that. That's insane, dude. It's wow. Yeah. Um, how about this one, Tyler? Our our friend Kanye West again. Oh, of course. <laughs> when he Mike stole Taylor Swift. Uh, during <laughs> I'm all for it. Actually, take it from her. During her acceptance speech for MTV's Video of the Year, Taylor Swift had her microphone taken away by sunglasses-clad uh, Kanye West. <laughs> he proceeded to tell her that while he was happy for her and he would let her finish, he felt that he needed to point out that Beyonce, her uh, another nominee, had the best music videos. Not just of the year, but of all time. After making that announcement and pointing directly at Beyonce herself, uh, then seated in the front row, West shrugged and handed the microphone back to Swift, who stood dumbfounded as the audience showered West with jeers. Years later, West... This is this is the part I didn't even know. Uh, years later, West would reference the incident in a song, saying that his antics are what made Taylor Swift famous. Interesting. So, there he is. Self, self-loving self uh, Kanye West. Oh, you know, man. thinking about it, I, I wonder if that... Is that true? Did no, that, dude. Do you think that blew her like into like real like fame? Fame? No, man. She was getting massive. That was just a dick move. Like she was yeah, getting but her songs suck. Okay, but that that's your taste, man. She was winning awards, though. Obviously, wasn't she over Beyonce? Yeah, but my taste is perfect. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Every, everyone's wrong, and I'm right. Ah, <laughs> uh, that was that's a good a, moment, though. I mean, oh my god, I that was huge coverage over someone I, taking a microphone. Yeah, yeah. In the song uh, "Rap God" by Eminem, all these years later, he he even references uh, that that uh, where the fuck is Kanye West when you need him to snatch the mic from him? Yeah. So it's 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 iconic. It's still brought up until today. Where is he? Is he still in that uh, Atlanta stadium? Where is he I don't know, now? man. He's doing sermons of all kinds of weird shit. I don't I don't know what his deal is, man. I know Kim showed up with a uh, at the Met Gala with a completely covered black felt yeah. thing or whatever she was wearing a sock yeah yeah she was a silhouette <laughs> yeah Adorable. she came as the shadow she, um, yes <laughs> she knows yeah <laughs> the shadow knows the shadow um, knows all right well that was our list um a few uplifting ones a few fun ones a lot of depressing nonsense but I like it, man. I like learning these things. I, I like these facts. It's interesting to see. And and Ashley Simpson was was my you know star of the show. What, what about you, Tyler? Which one did you enjoy the most? I, I enjoy as just enjoyment. Ashley Simpson. That yep. is still without a doubt, even though it's cringeworthy, is still the most entertaining of the bunch because it's Everyone, something so insane on live television. Something so rehearsed can go so wrong. Every everyone, please check that out. It's Ashley A S H L E E. For good measure, uh, Simpson S I M P S O N, Ashley Simpson lip sync, and that's all. And just let the internet do its work. Yeah, for those I, of you young children, yes, Jessica Simpson does have a sister. You probably never knew that, and it's because of this. Yeah. Uh, what about a song of the day for us, Tyler? Hopefully, one that wasn't lip synced. We ain't done yet. We Ooh. have a we have a segment we haven't done in a while. Oh no! What do you have for us? We have an obscura today. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Not only that, but a tease for next week. We'll have one for next week as well. I love it. Now, uh, I the one that was for next week was originally for this week, 
but one was shoehorned in because we lost somebody the week this week uh, as of recording. Oh yeah, and you know we lost Norm McDonald this week. Rest in peace, yeah. Uh, we've talked about Dirty Work, I think, on this show before, but we're yes. talking about his other movie that he did that did not make him a movie star, much like Dirty Work, and that is Screwed. Now, Screwed like came it. out in 2000. You like this one? I like I, that movie a lot, yeah. I like this one just as much as Dirty Work. It, I think this one is darker, but it's still PG-13. Um, it's from 2000. It is... Get this cast. I mean, Norm MacDonald, Dave Chappelle, Danny DeVito, and Sarah Silverman in a supporting role. But, yeah, oh my God. Um, this movie came out, was a box office dud, a lot like Dirty Work. <laughs> um, but this one has a lot of twists to it. It has. Uh, it also has Elaine Stritch, who, um, if you've been listening to the show, you know Eric and I love the Golden Girls. Elaine Stritch was actually one of the main go-tos for the role of Dorothy if B. Arthur was not cast. Um, yeah, she was, and I think she would have made a hell, a great Dorothy as well. Um, yeah, she, now she, in this, she has that, she has that personality that, yeah. And, 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 but in reality, what's funny is, um, in her own life, she was more like Blanche Devereaux, just very uh -huh. raunchy, very, slept around with many actors supposedly allegedly um and but i remember when this movie came out everybody quoted the line from elaine stritch which is the moment in the hospital when the detective is talking to her relaying parts of the case that are uh relevant to her character she is completely annoyed and as he's talking she starts to rev up and go who cares and i remember that was every 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 boy our age somehow saw this movie in the year 2000 and for the entire length of sixth grade possibly the beginning of seventh grade we were all doing this to one another when someone went at least 30 seconds into a conversation we all did this to one another I forgot about that, man. Yes, it is the takeaway line from the movie. Now, yeah. a bit of trivia from this. Uh, Danny DeVito has said in an interview that he did this film purely for the money, which is funny because if you watch this movie, you watch Danny DeVito's character, I feel a lot of Frank Reynolds in his character. A lot of Absolutely. Opp opportunistic, yet very like, this man is just the, the, the scrunch of the earth. Like, it's just disgusting in every single way and loves it. Doesn't see a problem with it. I remember um, he took a comb out of a cadaver and started brushing his beard with it. Yes, exactly. Out of, yeah, right out of his <laughs> rectum. It's like, oh, honey, where's the remote? Whoop. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> the, the other amazing thing is this movie was written and directed by Larry Karazawiski and Scott Alexander. Um, these two have the, I think probably the most hill and valley careers of anyone in Hollywood, and I'll say why. Um, I'm going to go through their writing credits because that's mostly what they're known for. Um, in 19, now get ready for this. In 1990, they wrote Problem Child. 
Nice. Okay. 1991, they came back and wrote Problem Child 2. Now, in 1994, they wrote Ed Wood, the Tim Burton movie, which is probably the one of the best Tim Burton movies of all time. In 1996, they wrote The People vs. Larry Flint, which is an amazing film if you haven't seen it. It is one of the is a great biopic. In 1997, they wrote the Disney film That Darn Cat, which is abysmal. <laughs> I don't even remember then. Yeah, it's a remake of a 60s movie. Christina Ricci's in it. This is when Christina Ricci was didn't really know what to do post her child Casper, fame, Casper career. Yeah. Uh, 1999, they wrote Man on the Moon with Jim Carrey uh, about Andy Kaufman. 2000, they wrote Screwed. 2003, they wrote Agent Cody Banks. <laughs> 2007, 1408, which is, uh, I believe, a Stephen King ad- adaptation with John Cusack and Samuel Jackson. 2014, they reunited with uh, Tim Burton for Big Eyes, which is a great movie. Um, 2015, they wrote the story for the film version of Goosebumps. Uh, now, Jack Black? Jack Black. Now get ready for this. 2016, they developed for television and wrote a a number of the episodes for the first season of American Crime Story, The People vs. O.J. Simpson. What the hell? What what the hell? Um, 2019, they wrote Dolomite Is My Name, the comeback for Eddie Murphy. (laughs) And they have something else that is King of the Jungle. I don't know what that is yet. But talk about like... They've written some amazing stuff and stuff that is just like WTF. Yeah. But I love that because they do have true talent, but yet at the same time, they do have sort of a lowbrow sense of humor, which the two of us definitely have. Yeah. You've you've recently watched Problem Child. Yes. And and enjoyed it. Have you watched Problem Child too? I haven't. I haven't. But you said it was epic though, right? Well, uh, it is on par with Problem Child, and I feel is a lot darker, and the humor is a lot grosser. But it's still PG-13. But yes, have to highlight it. Um, definitely a shout-out to Norm MacDonald. Um, I do want to say, Norm MacDonald, if you, don't, if you have not seen any of his weekend updates, I heartily recommend. There's compilations on YouTube of, about it. Um, he is known primarily for his criticism of the OJ trial when it was going on. Um, I think probably his most famous weekend update is um, the, uh, I, I guess the photo of OJ with his lawyers, Kardashian being one of them, with the slight smile on his face when he was announced not guilty. And Norm MacDonald says, well, it is official. Murder is now legal in the state of California. <laughs> I think that is his most famous weekend update thing. My favorite weekend update joke from him also has to do with the OJ trial. Um, if you know the trial and everything, you know they they went with a lot of issues with the jury. People came and went. And so the headline of the newspaper was sixth juror axed. And Norm MacDonald was, oh, no, OJ struck again. <laughs> that's my that's my favorite norm mcdonald line um 
Uh, Norm Macdonald has great. an amazing pseudo talk show on Netflix called Norm Macdonald has a talk show, which is adapted from a podcast series he has. I don't know if that's still available, but that's also amazing. Um, a true talent has been lost, unfortunately. Yeah. He kept his yeah. cancer a secret, but everybody has come out of the woodwork, woodwork praising him. He's an amazing performer, great stand-up. So yeah, a big part of our upbringing, I think. Yeah, yeah, he was, he was, he was always there, man. I don't know, I, I like him, man. I really, really liked him. It sucks, man. I really, really liked him. His shtick was basically, I guess, projecting as the everyman. Like he never had one-liners. He was just acting like an everyday Joe, and yet everything he said was funny. Yeah, you know the the thing I keep hearing over and over this week is he was your comedian's favorite comedian. Yeah. Yeah, because so, he did everything opposite like what a normal comedian would do yeah. in terms of, of delivery, of jokes, of everything. He was an, an amazing performer. If if anyone hasn't seen Dirty Work, please go see yeah. it. It's so funny. Like It's such an easy movie to watch. It's it's really, really, really funny. And tons of cameos, like tons of SNL com- cameos. You know, so many people that are, you know, famous today. Uh, spoiler alert. Another lost gem. Chris Farley has a cameo in it. <laughs> yeah, um, and, and it's great seeing all those '90s guys together. You know, and he's yeah. also in uh, yeah. Billy Madison. Yeah, he is. Yeah, he's one of the friends in Billy Madison. It's uh, this shirt belongs to Frank, and he holds up his shirt and it says Frank. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, I love it, man. God bless Norm Macdonald. Yeah, rest in peace to Norm Macdonald. Um. Let's now we can up, do man. song of the day. What's your song of the day this week? Uh, Cypress Hill. Let's go with Rock Superstar. Nice. Nice. As opposed 2004. to 2004. No, you see, 2004 is the year that just keeps on giving. Absolutely. Uh, I have a song by someone named Rag N. Bone Man. And the song is called Skin. It's really, really nice. Okay. It's really, really what, nice. What genre is it? Um, I don't know how to... I don't know how to I don't know how to categorize it. So it's uh-huh. rag R A G and then N with a apostrophe bone man. Okay. And it's called skin. It's I think I think you would like it, man. I think you would like it. Um so next week we have a lot going on too. I'm going to actually reach out. I think Tyler, I don't want to give too much away, but I think we're going to have Prince Philip on on the episode. Oh, it's about time. Finally we can cross him off the list. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So I'm excited about that what and about Prince Charles is he still uh, still on hold? You know what? Prince Philip first, and then we'll get to Prince Charles. All right, baby steps. <laughs> All right, take care, everyone. Bye. See yeah. up.